Recorded live. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Now I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <sighs> How was your weekend? <laughs> good morning. Okay. <laughs> All right. A laugh. Okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Um was that author I heard? Good morning. All right, John. Um Okay. Oh I don't know where to start. All right. I was having a moment for a second. Okay. Um if uh, <clears throat> anybody like to share what their church service was regarding this weekend? First uh, Samuel chapter fourteen. <laughs> Breaking up. Uh, first, first Samuel chapter fourteen, talking about uh, Jonathan and um, going to war because that's what God told him to do. Not letting his father know what he was going to do first, and how um, he and just a few men were able to slay. I think it was like was it six hundred men? No, not six hundred, but it was it was like it was a lot more than than them. Um, and basically, he was he was just doing what what God told him to do, and having faith in that. Mm-hmm. 
scripture I had to read before the congregation when I was eight years old, and that has always stuck with me. Always stuck. <laughs> exactly. And that's what she, and that's what the, the minister was saying. She was saying that, you know, we have to, you know, I, what I was getting it from the adult perspective is that we have to teach our children how to pray so that they're able to go to God even as young children, you know. And, you know, and so she went and she, she, she asked who knew the, the, um, the now I'll lay me down to sleep prayer, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll say the, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the Lord's prayer now, you know, and so she was, she was asking who knew which one and, you know, things like that. And so I thought that was really interesting. Like, and then a lot of them don't even, didn't even know. And I felt kind of bad because, I mean, I prayed with my son, but I never taught him like the Lord's prayer. So I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I'm black man. Let me go. Let me go back <laughs> and teach him the Lord's prayer, you know. And then and then go back and come back to to what I do now. But yeah, and I was just like, that makes sense, you know. You know how to, you know, and, and you know, a lot of us, a lot of parents, we pray around our kids, we pray for our kids. But it's like if you ask them, do you teach them how to pray? You know, not a lot of parents will say, well, yeah, I teach them how to pray. And do you really take the time to explain it? You know, so. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. So everybody's been kind of on the same vein and trying to get, you know, trying to make sure that we all are um, doing as we need to for the kingdom of God. So that's that's awesome. Um, Mr. Arthur, would you mind praying us into the Bible study, please? No, I do not mind. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord of our lives, the keeper of our souls, we come once again, Lord God, once a, to lift up your holy and your righteous name. We come early, Lord God, seeking you for wisdom, knowledge, grace, mercy, and understanding. Father God, we seek you for covering and protection and provisions throughout this day. We, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would take full control of this call, Lord God. Be with the instructor as she teaches the lesson this morning, Lord God. Give her insight and wisdom of the scripture, Lord God, that she can impart, Lord God, that it will be blessings for each and every one of us, that it will be food that's been conveniently fixed for us, Lord God, to eat of and to be able to carry us through the day. Lord God, let everyone that hears of this call, Lord, or a present on this call, Lord God, let them be richly blessed by the scriptures and the words and the teachings, Lord God. Let them come in with the open ear, Lord God, with an open heart and an open mind to understand what thus so says you through the scriptures, Lord God. Lord God, let us not add to your words, nor take away, Lord God, from your words, but Lord God, but give that which you have given to us to hear and to speak. Lord God, we ask you to give us a discerning spirit, Lord God, so that we can examine the scriptures, Lord God, and let us be able to conference with one another, commune with one another of what the scripture is teaching us, Lord God, which you have placed in our hearts. Lord God, we ask you to bless us, keep us, and watch over us throughout this day. Cover us in every way that we go. Bless those who are present and bless those in their absence, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so um, we ended uh, last week's one, uh, chapter 21, 
um, when Abraham went and did try to try again with the Sarah's my sister, um, and we found out that Sarah was his half sister. And um, and I noticed one thing I didn't I didn't point out before was that every time, even through his deception, God increased Abraham what he had. So when he when he told the lie to Sarah. Um, before he left, Pharaoh gave him, you know, oxen and sheep and, and made service and things like that. And the same thing happened with um, with Abimelech. The only difference between the two was Pharaoh was not a believer and Abimelech was. And he also gave unto um, Abraham uh, sheep and oxen and things like that. So Abraham increased twice, even in spite of, you know, him, you know, doing his own thing and not being fully honest on um, on on his dealing. Okay, uh, so we're going to chapter 22, and um, in chapter 22, it, it, we're going to start at verse one. In my Bible, it says God tests Abraham. And so and it says, uh, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. And and he said unto, um, said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom you love, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And um, Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claimed the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. So at the, the first three days, it took him three days from where he was to where God wanted him to make the sacrifice. So in that three days, he could have changed his mind. He had time to really think about, like, oh, this is my only son. What am I going to, you know, what am I going to do? How You know, how could God... Have me sacrifice my only son. You know, he had three days of walking with his son, and and they're talking and and everything, and he knowing that he has to sacrifice his son. Now, the land of Moriah. I looked up what Moriah meant, and Moriah meant means bitterness. So he had three days to walk to bitterness. To where God is, you know, where the it says the, the the total thing is bitterness of Yahweh. That's what Moriah means, bitterness of Yahweh. So he had three days to walk toward bitterness, you know, bitterness of having to do this sacrifice. And so the um and it's always been taught that this sacrifice is a foreshadow of what God did with His only Son. So. Three days of bitterness. That guy was like, I had to wait. You know, he had to do 
this whole thing, even he had to do this whole thing of, of sacrificing his son, Christ, you know, in bitterness. He, this is something that you don't want to do, but you have to do it. And, you know, and there's a reason behind it. And so um, in verse uh, 4, I'm sorry, verse 5, and Abraham said unto his young men, abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. Now, at this point, now you're seeing he's he's speaking faith, even in spite of, you know, it could be, he, it, you know, some people can see it two ways. Him speaking a lie, telling the, telling the people that he is coming, you know, they're coming back so that they won't question it. But if you look at how him and him and um, God had a relationship, he's actually speaking in faith that we're going to come back. You know, it's like he's, he's still standing on the promise of God. Like, you, your son, you're going to have many nations come through you and your sons and your seed. So he's standing on faith, and he said, we'll come back um, to you. And verse 6, and Abraham took the word, I'm sorry, took the word of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. Now that's a. This is also symbolic of what Christ had to do. He laid the wood upon Isaac, and the same thing with Christ. He had to carry his own altar, basically, his own altar to, to his own sacrifice. So he he's carrying it up there. And um, and Abraham is carrying the knife that's supposed to kill him, to shed his blood, and he's carrying the um, and the fire, which is the Holy Ghost. So he's carrying all. He's carrying that, and Isaac is carrying his son, also being the symbol symbol of what Christ and the Father did for us with the actual sacrifice of them being crucified for our sins. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father. And said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. <clears throat> so again, he not only is showing faith in in what God will do. He really even prophesied what God will do for us when he made the statement, God will provide himself a lamb. So he knew that there was going to be a sacrifice, the sacrifice that because God needs a sacrifice for the different um, sins that are committed. And um, I'm going to go into uh, that information as well, I thought, which was really interesting, because there are several different offerings made, um, but the burnt offering was always the it, the burnt offerings were always to symbolize basically a cleaning, uh, a purification of whatever the sin is. And so, um, <clears throat> but he said he would provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place, verse 9, and they came to the place which God had told him of. 
And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and brought Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And so Abraham was willing to go all the, you know, he's, he's still showing a willingness to obey God. And so it gives even a deeper meaning for obedience is better than sacrifice because he's showing that he's going to obey God to the letter no matter what. And so in that, you know, God is God is looking, because even God said um, that the sacrifices were no longer, you know, he no longer wanted the sacrifices because people would make a sacrifice, but their heart wouldn't be in it. So the obedience is where he's looking like, okay, because when you obey something, you're obeying it with your whole heart. You're not just, because at some point you'll, if your heart is in obedience, you will stop doing whatever it is, or you won't do it all the way. You'll half do it, and you'll do, you put your own twist to it, so you're not really obeying. But true obedience is you will follow the instructions to the letter. And so he laid Isaac, uh, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And so this shows even that Isaac was, <clears throat> Isaac even had no fear. He saw he saw his father being obedient, so he was willing to lay there and be a sacrifice unto death because he loved his father that much and he trusted his father that much because nowhere does it say he struggled, nowhere does it say he fought. It just said that he stretched forth his hand and and, he, and Isaac was just laying there waiting to be, you know, waiting to see what was going to happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing in my mind, like, my, you know, from my imagination now, like if I'm laying there and I'm, like, asking you, like, we're walking and I'm asking my mom and my dad, like, where is this sacrifice that we're supposed to do? And you said he's going to provide one, and then all of a sudden I'm laying down, on the altar, and it's just like you're you're standing over me with a knife. How much do we trust our parents like that? Like how much trust do we have, and how much faith do we have to just lie there? And so that shows you what kind of relationship they had. Like he was willingly, he's laying there looking at at his father Abraham. Like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I love you, Dad, but you know he's not he's not doing anything. And that's what Christ did. He laid there, well, he hung there on the cross, on the wood of the altar uh, to sacrifice. But the only difference between Isaac and Christ was there was no replacement. As we can see in chapter 11, and the, I'm sorry, verse 11, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And I, I had listened to a minister before, and he said, What if Abraham was not in a relationship with God? And when he called him and told him to stop, he didn't stop. 
that's where we, you know, we have to, he said we have to be fluid in our listening and to what God tells us to do because God will give us an instruction. And in the obedience of that instruction, if we're following the letter, he may or may not, but if we, as long as we're aware of him at all times, he may have us change paths. He may have us turn a corner. He may have us, you know, and what he has us doing, he may change the details. And if we're not paying attention, if we're not connected, we could get thrown off. So just imagine what would have happened if Abraham wasn't still listening or if he, you know, if he was so in, in, into what he was doing that he didn't hear what that you know when when the angel of the Lord called him to stop him, then he would have he would have killed the blessing that he had, and then he would have been walking in disobedience. And, but if um, may I interrupt for a minute, but yes, if, if he didn't have you know doing the what if if he didn't have a relationship with God, would he have even taken his son to be the burnt offering to begin with? No, probably not. I mean, and that's the, and that's the, and that's the, and that's a very good. That's a very good thing, though, because what you just said was very powerful. Because we would they even got this far? Because if he didn't have a relationship with God, would it have, would it have would this would it have stopped with Ishmael when he had Ishmael with Hagar instead of his wife Sarah? Would he would it have stopped there? Because because God had to keep coming back and telling him, no, that's not the promise. You have to. It's not. It's not. It's not here yet. You gotta wait. So you're right. What if he didn't? What if he didn't have a relationship after that, or even before that? Because I mean, if we even go back further, he was like the only the only heir he had was a servant that was raised in his house that wasn't even any relation to him. So wow, that 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 speaks volumes. Because everything is hinged on the relationship that he had with God. So what if at any point God stopped the relationship or he stopped the relationship because of everything that happened in between? That's something to think about. You will throw that out there. It's early in the morning. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, to me, it, it it just struck me because, you know, if he didn't have the relationship, but yet he's being told to take his only son, you know, up into the mountain to make him a burnt offering, it'd be like, really, my only child? Mm, I don't know about that one. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, just you know, think, thinking in the flesh that that would be your that would be your thought, like uh uh-uh. uh. And so you're right. Might... Nowhere does it say he even argued back and forth. He just was like, okay. Mhm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so he had he had to have had complete faith like from the beginning. And what does that say about us? <laughs> You know, I mean, this this is and that, that's deep because I mean, how many times have we, you know, I'm gonna make it personal. How many times have I said, like, on the call, and even, you know, 
Like, I was like, oh, God told me, I feel like God told me to do this and so. And I'm still, like, stringing my legs, like, okay, I'm waiting for you to give me more clarification. It's just, like, no hesitancy at all. Mm-hmm. You just, uh, like, all right, Lord, you know, hey. Wow. Yeah. That's something to be more like Abraham. So that gives even more that gives even more structure to Hebrews where it's, it, where it you know, Abraham is, is it says by faith, Abraham. So by faith Abraham did everything and that's how strong our faith is supposed to be. Like we're not supposed to question, we're just supposed to do. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I can say too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really deep. Now, is that what would be considered blind faith? But is it really blind faith though? Because it's like, like when Sam was teaching us about faith, like faith is is a substance, you know, and it's a hope. So it's like, okay, if we are if we know that it goes back to, like, if you have a friendship, you know you have that ride-or-die friend, and you know that you have an acquaintance that's kind of like that fair-weather friend. That ride-or-die friend, no matter what they tell us, no matter what they ask of us, we're pretty much, like, on the spot with them all the way. And it's like, if we can do that with somebody that's how we should be with God, because God is like a ride or die. Like, he's there for whatever. But we're the fair weather ones. So it's just like, you know, I can't say, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's God. I think it's just, it goes to that fine line that Sam was talking about, that the, between faith and fear. Mm-hmm. We kind of like shade on the side of fear more than faith when it comes to what God tells us to do. Because we're still looking at ourselves and not God, I think. And I'm going from this, you know, from just being personal. Like we look at what we can do more so than what God can do, and I think that's more like the conditioning that we have. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, you look at like Smith Wigglesworth and 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 people and Andrew Murray and those, you know, the Azusa people. The old, you know, from the older generation, all they had was faith. So they would go, they would step out much faster than we will. You know, they would take that leap and have no problem. But we're still, we've been trained to, like, be more, you know, I don't want to say docile, but more fearful in the unknown, you know. So... We have to walk. We have to. We have to start. We have to start letting our faith, you know, get strengthened. We got to figure out how to do that. That's that's what. That's why I love this call. We could. Well, God can show us how to increase our faith and increase our belief in in everything that He can do for us. Because I want to do this. I want to be able to say, okay, well, you said sacrifice. You said obey. You know, without question. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I'm with you. I'd be like, um, are you sure this is what, you know, we'd be like, are you sure you mean my son and not the other son? You know, Ishmael okay. was the firstborn, so. I know, you know? we look around like, where did that voice come from? Hey, <laughs> homie. <laughs> Am I being punked? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> like Abraham, huh? Huh? <laughs> how, how the kid said, "I know you're not talking to me. I know yeah, you're not exactly. talking to me." Exactly. My 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 only son. Like, come on. I mean, you know, because I just think, you know, like at, at my age, and and I don't have children, but you know, let's say by some quirk of of whatever you want to call it, I were to have one. And then to be told something like, 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 wait a minute, I wait all this time, you know, before you, you know, you blessed me with a child and now you want me to do what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously? Yeah. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, I can, I can honestly say I'm nowhere near where where <laughs> where, Abraham, where Abraham is. I, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I'd be like, uh, really? Maybe that that was a nightmare. That wasn't a dream. That wasn't God talking to me. And that was the enemy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, 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 I'd be in, I'd have to go into counseling for real. Like, okay, somebody got to help me. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm hearing voices. <laughs> and they, and they, they, they telling me to do, do wrong stuff. Uh-uh. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm hearing voices. Uh-uh. No. Okay. <laughs> wow. Mm. Well, the good thing is in verse 12, he says, Lay not thine hand upon the lion, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. Verse 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, you know, one thing I know is that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he gives the ram in the bush. But the thing is, we have to always look at what happens around the blessings that God gives. And in this in this instance, it was because of his obedience. Mm-hmm. You know, it was because of his obedience and that God saw that he respected God all the way and had faith in everything that God was God had told him. And so a lot of times when we throw out, oh, there's always a ram in the bush, we have to be aware of, okay, is it a ram in the bush? Like, you know, did I do everything I was supposed to do? Because we have to, you know, not we don't have to question everything, but sometimes the the devil will give us a blessing to bind as well. And so we have to be we have to be sure that. And I'm I'm only going to come for me because like I have to. I know sometimes I don't do everything in full obedience. And so when I see some things, I have to look at it different because I have had instances where I thought it was my quote unquote ram in the bush, but in actuality, it was that blessing to bind. So then I had to not only 
come out of that, you know, because once I got into it, it was just kind of like, oh, it fell apart. It didn't work out the way I thought it was supposed to work out. And so then it's like, okay. Then I had to backtrack and start all over again, you know. So we have to be careful that what we're doing, you know, when we receive something, if we pray for something, then we follow what he told us to do in full obedience and then go from there because, you know, you don't want, we don't want to be caught in any kind of traps or snares. And so um, in verse 14, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And Jehovah-Jireh, as we know, means the Lord provides because he provided him with an offering. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thine son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. And so now God has prophesied, and given a covenant with Abraham that he will be blessed and everything that comes through him and his seed will be blessed. But by his seed, and this is um, and this is back in verse 18, and then in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. So because Abraham was willing to do the sacrifice of his only son, which, again, is the foreshadow of Christ and, you know, being the only son of God, being the ultimate sacrifice, because through his obedience, of his obedience, now all the nations, not only will his seed be blessed, but all the nations through his seed will be blessed. So God made sure that everybody has, everybody on the, in the earth is basically covered because of the seed of Abraham. And that's awesome because that shows how much faith God put in, you know, through the through the through the seed of Abraham. Like everybody uh, in this nation, everybody in the world, not just your seed, but the whole earth. You know, all the nations will be blessed because of you. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. You know, we just we just want to bless our family, but He's saying not only your family, but everybody. That's a, it's like no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> it's like okay, no pressure. It's like that's a lot of pressure. So not only my see, but all the nations are going to be blessed through me. Wait a minute, you know. Let me wrap my head around that a minute, you know, because you know you you tell somebody that now, they will be so big-headed and so prideful about mm. what God told them. You know, they would take out billboards and ads. Like, I'll, you know, <laughs> kind of said, 
I'm going to let everybody bow down to me. You know, it's just like, okay. yeah. overboard. <laughs> then they bought so, themselves a, um, a crown to put on their head. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of it about it now. Um, the founder of, of Google and Facebook and, you know, all these other things, people, like, put them up on pedestals because they've created something for all the nations to be able to come, you know, and do stuff through. And they're just, like, lauded for this. But could you imagine if if this was given to them, like, you know, what God was, God gave Abraham, you know, it would be so much worse. I mean, this is just something made by man's hand, but this is God saying, I'm going to do this through you. You couldn't talk to them. <laughs> could not talk to them, man. I mean, I, I'm not, not, I'm not, you know, Lord, if I'm wrong, but, like, you have some ministers who who have called themselves to be men of God, you know, and it's like they might have a congregation of 20, but you can't even talk to them. They have bodyguards and all this other stuff, and it's just like, come on, you know. So it's like we we now just take it and God is doing exactly who to give us this kind of assignment to. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. Um, verse 20, and it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, and Milcah is actually um, the wife of Nahor, which is um, Abraham's brother. Okay, so that goes all the way back. This is this is basically that soap opera drama kind of thing. <laughs> it says, "Behold, Milka, she has also born children unto thy brother Nahor, who is his firstborn, and was his brother, and Kimuel, the father of Aram, and Chesed, and Hazel, and Pildash, and Jitlab, and Bethuel, and Bethuel begat Rebekah." These eight Milcah did bear to Nahor, Abraham's brother, and his concubine, whose name was Ruma, she bare also Teba, Gaham, Bahash, and Mekah. I'm going to say Mekah. And at this point, now Nahor has had 12 children. Nahor has had 12 children. And so, um, and also God had prophesied that Ishmael would have 12 children. So there's been this whole number 12 thing going on for a minute. And so the number 12 actually has a symbolic meaning. And, um, And 12 is actually the number of governmental perfection. So it's like, there's a reason behind the number 12 for, for God to have certain, you know, the key people having 12, um, you know, 12, uh, sorry, Joe Blake, having 12 um, children at a time. Like it was like everyone was having 12 children. It was just kind of really interesting how that came about. But Abraham only had the one. And so we go into verse, um, in chapter 23, um, chapter 23, I'm, I'm going to uh, 
just touch on because chapter 23 basically just speaks on um, Sarah dying and the mm-hmm. uh, and the the uh, are you eating? Who? Breakfast at the sofa. Oh, where are you at oh. right now? Okay. Um, uh, chapter 23 is basically about the, the death of Sarah and all of um, what Abraham went through to find her a resting place. And so um, he actually uh, he actually bought a, a piece of land um, to, to bury her inside this uh, mountain. And so she's buried in the mountain in, in Mamre and in the land of Canaan. And so he that's basically all of what, you know, chapter 23 is about. So now we're going on to chapter 24. And chapter 24 is um, regarding um, Isaac and, the, and what Abraham went through to find him a wife. Okay, so we're going to start at chapter, verse 1, um, and we're just going to touch on some things. Um, and then if you got, does anybody have any questions or comments at this time? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say good morning. Good morning. I've been creeping out, so I decided to come from behind force and say hello. Good morning, Missy. Morning, morning. Now, in chapter 24, it says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites amongst whom I dwell. So he he didn't want Isaac to marry a Canaanite. Because again, remember all the Canaan you know, Canaan was cursed. Excuse me. Canaan was cursed because of what happened with his father, Ham. Excuse me. So all the Canaanites were from Canaan. So he said his, he did not want um, his wife to have, his son, Isaac, to have a son from the people of the Canaanites. Verse 4, but thou shalt go in unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son, Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou came? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. So he couldn't have a he couldn't have a wife from where he was in Canaan because the people there were under the curse at this time from their father, Canaan. And Isaac couldn't go back to where God had pulled 
you know, Abraham didn't want him to go back from where God had told him to be removed from. So that this is this is really a symbol as well because when we are when we are saved from our family, from our you know from our situations, we cannot go back to where we came from. We cannot go back, and so we also cannot let our kids go to the same you know to the same area because if we came out of there, why would we want our children to come out? You know go into that same situation. And so, you know, you look at you look at people now and you knew before you were a drug addict and now you're clean and now you're seeing the same signs or of you know of your child possibly going into that same situation. You will you you are supposed to not want them to go into where you were pulled from. So you 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 know you you want to make sure that the people around you will not take them into that to that kind of environment as well. So it's just like Abraham set up the parameter. No, if she doesn't want to come, no, you don't take my son over there. He cannot go where I would where God brought me from. He will just have to figure something else out. And so he said, and so the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house. And this is verse 7. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this oath, this my oath, only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. And so he said, promise me that what I'm telling you, you will not do, that you will not have my son go back to where God had told me not to, you know, to, had told me to come out of, and that if even if, if she decides not to follow, then you are no longer under oath, and don't worry about it. And so that's the same thing with, with how we're supposed to be today. If God has removed you from a situation, an abusive relationship, out of a, a bad, you know, out of a bad job, out of, you know, um, you know anything, uh, uh, addiction or whatever. If he's delivered you, and you know it's a deliverance, like or anger issues or depression issues or whatever. What if he brings you out? You can no longer go there. You can no longer go back there, and you have to. And he, and if he, if he's made promises and provisions, then you cannot, you know. You cannot be like making compromises, and so Abraham was saying, "Okay, if if that person doesn't want to come out, so if you have, if you are, if you are falling, you know, you come into a relationship with somebody, either because it's a it's a it's a friendship or an association because of business, or if it's because you are um, about to be married." If that person is where God has taken you from, if that if that business venture is from where God is taking you from, 
And he told you to come out of that because he wants to bless you and he wants to provide for you. He's going to give you, and you've seen his provision, but he says you can't go back. You cannot also associate yourself with someone who's willing to stay there. They have to be willing to come where you are. And that's basically what Abraham is saying. If she's not willing to come where I am, where God has honestly, where God has promised to bless me, then she, you know, then don't worry, then that person is not for my son. That person is not for this family. That person is not for you. If they're not willing to come where God has already given you new provision and promise. Any questions or comments? Number Okay. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia, unto the city of Nabor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. So... There's a process, there's a custom and things that we have to now begin to understand. There were specific times that the women went to the well of water. There were specific times throughout the day because, of course, they have, they, there was no car, so there was a lot of walking involved. And so they had to walk to get the water, and they had to carry it back to where they dwelled. So he went at the time of day where the women which is in the evening when the sun has gone down, where the, the time that the women go out to draw water. And so he's, he, in verse 12 it says, And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she said, she, she shall, tongue twister, she shall say, there you go, drink, and I will give thy camel's drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And so this shows you that Abraham, the the faith that Abraham had, was seen even by the people that was under him. So he didn't hide it. You know, he it wasn't something that was hidden. His faith in God was so shown so everybody that was associated with him knew where to go to receive an answer. So he prayed, his servant prayed to God to show him so he would get the so he would get the right answer. Even in something as what to do, he asked for something specific. And that's where that's where our that's how our prayers need to be. Like so that we know that the answer is from God. He gave us specific he asked for specific signs so that he knew that this was the actual person. So not only did not only will she draw water for me, she will also draw water for the camels. Because at this point, 
It could be where he could ask a woman to draw water, and she would draw water for him. And he was like, oh, she must be the one. But he was like, no, she wouldn't. She could just be showing kindness toward me. But if she also draws water for the camels that are with me, then she has to be the one. So that's the kind of prayer that we need to have, like, Lord, you know, I, you know, I want to be able to, I want to be in your will. And so I have this business venture with this, you know, this business that I want to go into. And so, Lord, if this is the business venture that you want me to go to, let this happen and this happen. And so if those two things happen, then you know that's what God wants for you to do. But if only one or the other happens, then you need to wait and see for the two things that you're requesting for confirmation actually occur. And that's where we, we, you know, we ask for prayers and we're so general with it that when we think we got the answer or we, we, we struggle if we know the answer because we're not, we're not praying correctly. And I, I'm just, thank you, Lord, because this shows that we have to be specific. Because of what happens next. Any comments or questions, criticism? No, just a quick good morning to everyone. Good morning. Verse 15 um, is where in uh, chapter 24, verse 15. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebecca came out who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother. That sounds like something out of a, out of a soap opera, but <laughs> with her picture upon her shoulder. <laughs> and um, verse 16, and the, and the damsel was very fair to look upon. A virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hastened and let down her pitcher upon her hand, which she had done giving him. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I think I, I skipped something. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hastened and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden ring of a half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels of gold and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, moreover, unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the Lord, and, I'm sorry, and the man bowed down his hand 
his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And so it says, he, so he had to even acknowledge that everything that he was supposed to do, he acknowledged that he that everything happened exactly as it needed to happen, because his starting from the beginning of the chapter, Abraham said that he wanted a wife from his brother Nahor. When he got to the village, he prayed and said, Lord, let the damsel give me water as well as the camels, basically of her own free will. So right after he made that prayer, Rebecca was the one who came out, and she did exactly as he prayed, which was um, gave him water as well as watered the camels. But to put the icing on the cake, the third part, the third part that was needed was that she had to be of kin to he, she, he, she had to be the kin of Nahor, and she basically verified that. So all three things were verified, and he had to bend down and worship the Lord because everything that he came for was provided. And verse twenty-nine, and Rebecca had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man, unto the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hands. And when he heard the words of, his, uh, the words of Rebecca, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in thou, blessed of the Lord, wherefore stands thou without? For I have prepared the house and room for the camel. And the man came into the house, and he ungirded his camel and gave straw and provender for the camel and water to wash his feet and the men's feet that were with him. And there was set meat before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. And he errand. And he said, speak on. And he said, I am Abraham's servant. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds and servants and maid servants and, and camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old, and unto him, and he has given him all he has. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites in the land I would dwell, but thou shalt go to thy father's house and to my I'm sorry, unto my father's house and to thy kindred and take a wife unto my son. And said unto my master, Peradventure the woman will not follow me. And he said unto me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and my father's house. Then thou shalt be clear from this oath, for thou come to my kindred. And if they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. 
and I came this day unto the well. So he gave, he basically is giving the whole story of what he was commanded to do. And so, um, and in verse 45, because he basically rehashed the, you know, the virgin coming to the well. So going down to verse, verse 45, he said, And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, Rebecca came forth with her pitcher on her, on her shoulder, and she went down unto the well and drew water. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. So this is showing that God will answer a prayer. God will answer prayer, and even throughout the even throughout the Bible, we we show it shows how God answers prayers. But at this point, God is still close enough. God is still near because He's speaking to Abraham directly. So a lot of the prayers that were that were requested, they were immediate answers. So the closer we are to God. As far as, you know, in our relationship with him, the closer we are to God, a lot of times the answers are, he, he answers quicker. Not not like he said, oh, i got to hurry up, but we receive the answers because of our close proximity to him. At this point, you know, at this point they were so close, God was speaking to them directly, so they were able to get answers. But as you see, as as we notice, the further away we got away from God, there was more that had to be fought. You know, like even you know going forward towards the story of Daniel and how Daniel prayed, and he had to wait forty one days before he even received the answer to his prayer. That's how far away the nations were getting from God. So that the enemy had more and more dominion on the earth. And so the angels of the Lord had more to fight through to get to the person who was praying. So how much more do you think is going on now in the heavenlies with the way our world is now? So even with our prayers, we have to wait. And it's not even when you read Daniel and how Daniel prayed and the angel of the Lord said, your answer was right there the same day, but I had to fight my way through. That's why it took me so long to get the answer to you. So we have to continue to just believe in what the promises of God are for us. And if your relationship, if you know your relationship with God is is getting stronger day by day, you have to believe that his answer is coming. But because the prince of the power of and the prince of the power of the air and the principalities that are that we're dealing with are so much stronger, because the world is 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 more in the hands of the enemy now than ever before, the angels of the Lord, when they're coming with your answer, have to fight through all of the muck and the mire just to get to you, because you have. You have people speaking against what you're asking for. You have the enemy trying to speak against what you're asking for. And so they have to fight to get to you to let you know that God is still answering your prayers. He still answers your prayers. Does anybody have any questions or comments regarding that? 
Mm-mm. Okay. So now we're going to verse 47. And he said, and I asked her, um, and she, <laughs> yeah, in verse 47, and I asked her and said, whose daughter art thou? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, who milk a bearer to him. And I put the earring upon her face and the bracelets upon her hand. And I bowed down my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. Verse 49, and now, if ye will deal kindly and truly with me, with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, and that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, the thing proceeded from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee good, bad, or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought for jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment, and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things, and they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning and said, Send me away unto thy master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at the least ten, after that she shall go. And he said unto him, Unto them, hinder me not, seeing the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah and their sister. I'm sorry, sent away Rebekah, their sister and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. And Rebekah arose, and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels, and followed the man, and the servant took Rebekah and went his way. And Isaac came from the way of the well of Laharoy, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he looked up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, what man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant has said, It is thy master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. 
and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. And so it was love at first sight. They saw each other. She she saw him. He saw her. And, you know, and so it was. And what I thought was interesting was how their, their tradition for me and my daughter had talked about this. I'm like, I said, I said there was no such thing as dating back then. It was you were in your parents' house, and then you were married. It was no, um, I am gonna go live on my own first and find myself, and then I'm gonna go and date a couple of people and maybe shack up, and then. We'll see if that person is a good fit. If not, I'll shackle with somebody else. It was all very structured. And if you came from a good family, and I know my, you know, and it is something how there was no, um, there was no, there was no backlash. She didn't try to say no. She was just willful. She was just like, okay, this is what's going to happen. That's fine. You know, and she was okay with it. But it's interesting how they wanted to delay him, you know, the seven days. They wanted to delay him, but he had to be firm, and he said, don't hinder me. You know, and that and, and, and that's a symbol for us. Once we have an answer, you know, of, of, of whatever our prayer is, or whatever the instructions are that was given us, and we are um, told to do something. And once we get the answer, once he got the answer, he was like, they were like trying to handle him. Well, let us, let, you know, let's wait a couple of days. Let her stay here a couple of days before you leave. And he had to be firm. The servant had to be firm. And he said, hinder me not seeing the Lord has prospered my way, send me away that I go unto my master. So he said, don't hinder me. Because that's that's what happens a lot of times when God blesses you with an answer, business, whatever. You know, a lot of, even taking it to the basics, you, you have prayed for a relationship. And you were specific, just doing a what if. So you pray specifically for uh, your, you know, for your husband or for your wife, and you ask God to give you these different parameters to go by to verify that this person is the right person, and they hit each and every spot. That you so that verifies that this is what God has put before you, and that you are in the right way. You are in the you're going on the right path, and He's made it exactly the way it's supposed to be. You will have that person, or you will have people who will make you that will try to make you stop and think about it and consider it. You know, and you have to be firm. If you know that, like my pastor said, if you know that you know that you know that the answer has come and it is for true 
what you're supposed to do. You cannot let somebody hinder you and delay your continuing on your journey because it's basically a distraction. It's basically to delay you, to keep you from, you know, what you're supposed to do. Christ even Christ did it even better. He said, hinder me not. He told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. A distraction or a delay is basically Satan trying to get you to stop your blessing or to delay your blessing or even to miss the timing of your blessing because sometimes things have an expiration date. You know, they have a if you if you're off even by a day or a week, it could delay your whole you know, it could delay the whole the whole thing or even stop the whole thing. And the enemy knows that. And so just like this servant, you have to say, No, I need to continue on. Please, if you're gonna you know, if you, if if you're gonna let it be done, then let it be done. If not then let me continue on so I can I can do what I was, you know, what I've been told to do. So I can continue to be obedient in what I've been told to do. Um, does anybody have any questions, comments? So now he married his first cousin. That was that was okay. You just can't marry siblings, right? That's right. Okay. That is correct. You cannot marry siblings. That is a no-no. So that was fine. The marrying her was fine. <clears throat> and, you know, and, it, and it's so funny. It's like um, some of the things that, that, were, that were okay <laughs> it's so strange because I have been I've been doing like a little offshoot and I've been looking at um, like all some of the laws. I've been trying to go through some of the laws, and you know because that's a big thing now when you listen to a lot of the churches. But I, I want to say you know yeah, pretty much all the denominations are saying that we're no longer under the law. But I'm finding that it's okay. I'm not going to get off. I'm not going to do that today. Um, but what I, what I did notice is that when it came it came to relationships, and I was looking at you know what God said he what God said he hated. You know, it was just like anything close. So. Brother and sister, you cannot, you know, things that he said don't do, I, I'm going to touch on it anyway. I'm sorry. I got to. A lot of the, you know, we are, we have so um, gotten a, so far from the truth that, unfortunately, we ourselves as Christians have opened the door as well, because a lot of the teachings about grace and mercy is only half of it. It's only half of it. And it's just like it's just like with with us as being parents. If you're a parent, you know that 
if I tell you not to do something, it's for your good. It's not to. It's not to. Um, it's not to not let you have fun, but I know what the consequences are. You know what I mean? And so, as I was looking through the, um, as I was looking through the laws and things that God said He did not like, everything that God has, not, all, a lot of the stuff that God has said don't do, because of grace and mercy that everybody keeps talking about, we're starting to do everything that He said don't do. Um, one of the things that he said don't do is you should not marry your brother's wife. So if you, you know, or if you're, if you are, you know, you should not, um, if you're the uncle, your uncle should not touch the niece. And, you know, all of these things that he said don't do as far as relationship-wise, we're doing. And, but we're condoning it because, okay, well, you know, this, that, or the other. But, but because of grace and mercy, or you love who you love, and God is saying, God, and, but God knew that these kind of relationships were a detriment, and it opened doors. Like we, we've talked about opening doors. It opens doors to things that that will have the enemy be able to come in and have a foothold. So it wasn't that he didn't want, he doesn't want us to find love. It's not that he doesn't want us to have things, but he knows what happens when these different behaviors and different actions are entertained, and people are like, "Oh, don't judge," you know, "don't judge," because you know he was. I, I read a column uh, uh, in my in my timeline, and. Somebody was saying um, about same-sex marriage. So you're saying God wants me to be alone, but he wants me to, you know, that he doesn't want me to be happy. But it's not that. God has never said that. But the thing is, he knew what certain things, what certain actions would create. Mm. You know, and just like as I was reading in my timeline over the weekend, and because it's a big thing. People are, that is a big contention in the body of Christ. Some people are saying that the law is still relevant, and, and a lot of people are saying that it's not. Well, in actuality, it's together. Grace and mercy is because of the law, but because of the law, we have to have grace and mercy. The thing is, we're going to be judged based on the law. Because the law is basically all of the do's and don'ts of what God wanted. It is, is, is the standard of God. That's basically all it was. It was reminding us what his standard was. And so Christ, the whole point of Christ was all the sacrifices and everything that were established to, create, you know, to bring us back into right relationship with him whenever we didn't reach the standard of God. There was a reason, because, you know, we had to we had to cleanse ourselves again. We had to go through this whole this whole ritual of cleansing whenever we stood, when we ever, whenever we stepped out of the standard of God. And so now it's to the point where 
we don't even look at the standard of God. We call it a law when actually it's a standard. This is my standard, and I, I need you to really walk behind. And they never touch the standard. So they, they speak on grace and mercy, but what am I getting grace and mercy for? The touch not, taste not. Those things where those things are, are you know, okay, you might touch, you might taste or whatever. Now you're going to have to deal with the repercussions. You're going to have a moment of the bubbly guts. You're going to have a moment of, of being sick because you, you're not supposed to, you know, Common sense stuff that we even know now based on science. You know, you shouldn't drink water where there was a dead body because the water is now contaminated. Those are some of the things that God put in in his foods and don'ts as standards that now the church is saying, don't look at that. Don't, Don't consider that because we're under grace and mercy. But as you look at the whole process of what, Abraham just did from him going through just obedience. Obedience is what is where he was where he showed his faith. So we're being what are we obeying if we're talking about grace and mercy? What is where is the obedience? If you're saying that you love the Lord, you love the Lord because of His grace and mercy. But if you don't know what His standard is. How are you? How are you in a relationship with him? And so it shows Abraham knew what God's standard was. He knew exactly what to take for the offering. He took the knife. He took the fire. He took the wood. He knew how to build the altar. He did all of that. He knew that his obedience would be rewarded somehow. So he I, and and I go back to your what if, um, Pam, because my thing is. His thinking was probably if I have to kill him, God said that I was going to be blessed. So he has to have something else coming. He has maybe maybe I'm going to have another son. Maybe, you know he had to be he had to still believe that what God promised was still going to was still going to happen. He had that much faith. And then when you go back even further, when you go back into what he was saying as he's dying. He had to. He still was obedient. He said, "I can't go back into the into the land that God told me to come, you know, to come in from, and my son can't go back there because he's my seed. So that means me and my seed, anything that pertains to me, cannot go back where God told me to come out of. So he was obedient even up to there." He also understood the curse of Canaan. So he knew that he could not have a curse applied to what God promised him. So he was like, okay, you've got to go back to where I came from. You have to go back to where I know is my blood. Because my blood is basically, you know, everything is in the blood and the seed. So he knew in his bloodline, everything in his bloodline was still good. So go back to my kindred and find the wife of my kindred. And my kindred, that's where I know it's going to be okay for, for, for him to marry that particular woman. Because his faith was so pronounced, his servant knew to pray to God before he even started looking, before he even, before he even started seeing anything. He prayed a specific prayer so that he knew exactly that what Abraham was looking for for him to honor Abraham and for for Abraham to honor God, he knew what the what the whole sequence was about. 
And then Rebecca even knew who God was. They, Laban, her brother, knew who God was. So they were even willing to honor what God said when the man of, when, when, when the servant went through the whole story and explained what was going on. But just like, like I said, to end this, just like any other time, the enemy will come to delay. But what God has already promised, it cannot be denied. And so they let, they, she found Isaac as they were leaving, you know, as they were coming into the land. Isaac saw her, and the promise of him having a wife was fulfilled. And that is the end of today's lesson. Does anyone have any questions, comments, or concerns? Yeah, we a long way, baby. I'm sorry. You on, girl? No. All right. Does anybody have any prayer requests? Well, I request you can always pray for me. All right. That was Pam, right? Yep. All right, Miss Pam. Okay. I don't have a prayer. I do have an encouraging word, though. Okay. I have an encouraging word because when I when we were when I was talking about being specific in prayer, there have been some prayers that you have prayed, and you you've been looking at what you perceive to be answers, and you're not for sure. Go back and ask for you know, make a specific request for a sign. Do the power of three, because as you can see in the story with Abraham, it was the power of three. He, he, there were three stipulations. She had to be from the She had to be the daughter of of Nahor from Nahor. She had to give him water, and she had to water the camels. And those three things confirmed that she was the one to that was a promise for Isaac. Go back for the two things that you're asking God for as far as that giving answers to. Go back and be specific and ask for signs so that when he does give you the answer, you will know for sure. Because it's possible that the answer has been given, but because like like Sam says, I have that that um oh who is he? I just I just had the name and oh uh, Lord God. Uh, I just drew a blank. But he was the one that needed to have verification and he did the um he had some fur. And he was like, Oh, you know, let the ground be wet and the fur be dry and the fur be wet and the ground be dry. It, that kind of moment is what the Gideon, thank you, Lord. So, so we can stop having the Gideon moment. So you can stop having the Gideon moment. Like, is this what I need? Ask God for three things to confirm that that is what you're supposed to do, and He will do it. I mean, there may be a delay. So do I? Huh? Do I ask for for like specific three signs, or does He give me three signs? 
you ask for three signs. Because the thing is, you ask for, like, okay, so say, for instance, just thought it out here, say, okay, Lord, should I go to Walmart today, you know, and buy groceries? Well, let it be where somebody calls me about borrowing sugar. Let it be where I I don't have any more water in the house, and let it be where I run out of tissues. Then I'll know. And so after that, you'll look and somebody's calling you, asking you for for some sugar. Then you look and you run out of water. And like, oh, look, you went to the bathroom and you just ran out of tissues. Okay, so that means I have to go to Walmart and go grocery shopping. You know, that, that, so therefore when you see the signs, you know what the signs are. But now if, okay, do I pray this out loud because can't the enemy hear my prayer as well? Yes and no. You would go into, you would go into your secret place and that would be between you and the Holy Spirit. So that's okay. where you would you would go into your secret place and you would yeah, you would go and you speak quietly unto the Lord. So that's only between him and you. So when you go um speaking in tongues, the moans and things like that, and he will in the interpretation will be between you and God and he will answer based on that. Yes. Make sure that it's only between you and him. So I don't know. I don't know if you speak in tongues. I don't know if you, but like I said, speak in tongues, the moan, the however you do it. So that it's just between you and God, and and wait for the answer, and wait for the answer, and watch. And and what would be so awesome is because it's between you and Him and not out loud. The answer will be, and that's what we have to remember. So I'm glad you asked that question because, you know, Sam tells us all the time, but and I never, you know, not until just right now did I never, like, put two and two together. Like, I've always considered, you know, the speaking in tongues and the moans and stuff for, for just one thing, you know, like going into, you know, but, you know, just but to make sure that the enemy doesn't know what you're praying about. That, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, that's basically what you're doing to make sure that, the, excuse me, so when, when the answer comes, the enemy is looking like, wait a minute, let me see pray for that. Yeah, 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 it is. So <laughs> Now, the enemy can't read our thoughts, right? No. Okay. No. He, could, he, could only, he could only hear what you say out loud. That's why I said the death is, you know, the death in life is in the power of the tongue, because not only can we create things, he can create things based off of what we say. Okay. So, yeah, but no, he thank God he can't read our thoughts. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we would be in so much trouble if he could read our thoughts. But um, but yeah. So do that, and 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 then you know I I would love to hear, you know the the end of that, you know not so much as like oh what you pray for girl, but like did he give you the signs that you were looking for, you mm-hmm. know, 
because I'm I'm because kids are not all about to do the same thing, but that is my encouraging to you because there have been there have been a couple of things you've been praying for, and you've been like, okay, you know, like is that the answer? You know, is it? Mm, you know, but yeah, he he'll he'll confirm it for you. He will confirm it for you. And so by prayer, Lord, as as Pam comes to you, O Lord, to receive that which she needs to continue on and what you have given her vision and her goals, O Lord, we just pray that she remains encouraged in you. And as you stated in your word, help her where there may be uh, a weakness in faith, help her where there's a weakness in belief, because we all have those moments where we're just, we look at ourselves and we look at the situations and not what you can do, because you can do all things. Mm-hmm. And we can do all things through you. And she can do all things through you. And sometimes what we forget, and that's what you you don't want us to forget, you don't want us to forget that we can do all things through you, you know, and 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 that's the point of communion. That is the point of Christ. He was our 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 the thing to put our eyes on. Oh, ah, yes, see, okay. So, Lord, just help us to help Pam to continue to keep her eyes upon you, O oh Lord for her good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, as I was praying, um, you know, there's a, there is a, um, I can't, I gotta find it. Um, but there is a, it's further in, in in the Bible, and um, I've been praying. I'm like, Lord, time is getting, you know, is moving so swift that um, my concern is has been lately, like, you know, um, you know, going chapter by chapter is uh, is it's good, but I don't want to lose time. I don't want to lose time because um, it's coming to a point, we're coming to a point where things like this will be <laughs> frowned upon and, and you know, and censored and everything. So um, I'm going to be doing a lot of notes and note, a lot of note-taking and things like that. And... Um, and just referencing certain certain verses, and we can expound on anything through the course of the Bible study, um, you know, like standout verses and things like that. But, yeah, my fear is that um, censorship is coming, and because of the whole, you know, cell line and and, you know, they listen to everything and things like that, that, you know that all of a sudden calls will be dropped and and things like that will start happening, and so I don't want us to miss anything, you know, because this is the time for us to to draw closer and closer um, 
unto God. And one of the things that came to me as I was um, praying for um, Pam was, you know, there is a story in the Bible where the people were sick. And this is when Moses was, um, I, I think, I believe was still in the, in, the, in the, when they were in the desert coming from Egypt and they were going to the promised land. As a matter of fact, I think it's, it is still in that story. And um, the people were sick. And God had uh, Moses put uh, a scepter together, basically, the stick with the snake, and all they had to do was lift up their eyes. And he was like, those who who are willing to lift up their eyes to the, you know, what was on the stick, on the staff, they would be healed. And they would be set free from whatever the illness was. And there were, but those who were not willing to do that would perish. And the story goes, you know, like basically half of the people died because they were they refused out of out of pride, basically, and belief to look up. At the, at, the, at the staff that was being held up for them to be healed. And I don't know who this is for, but it's just like continue to look up for the healing. Continue to look up for the deliverance. Continue to look up. Because the thing is, all he's saying is look up and look at, look at, what, I, look at what I've done. Look at what I've, you know, it's as simple as just looking up. And when it came to Christ, was that symbol as well, because the symbols were the same, the wood, the staff, and this hanging there, and it's saying, this is your healing. This is your deliverance. If you look up, he said, if I will, you know, if I be lifted up, the same thing with with Moses, with the foreshadowing, it's like, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. I will heal all men. I will deliver all men unto me. And so we just have to look up. You know, and continue to look up at what Christ and remember everything that He's done and the reason for what He's done, and that's to bring us back to remembering who God is and what He is and who He is. You know, and um, so our days will be in they might not be easy, but the burden will be lighter than it would be if we were doing it alone. So I don't know who that was for, but. Is there anybody else who wants to have prayer? <clears throat> me. Who's me? Lisa. Hi. Okay. All right. All right. Lord, we thank you for Lisa. We thank you for Lisa. We thank you for prayer. We thank you for all that. Um, you know, mine, mm-hmm. Okay, remember I sent you that thing? Um, I sent you the, the link about the, the Mountain Dew. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't have Pam. Um, I don't. Have, uh, so I, I don't have Pam as a, a friend on Facebook. So I'm not. Able, oh, okay. I wasn't able to send it to her. And so mm-hmm. you gotta find me friendly. But um, um, here's the thing. I when I saw that I thought of you and I thought about some of the things that you were saying. And I had an aha moment. And I'm going to challenge you, Miss Lisa. Mm-hmm. How many Mountain Dews do you drink in a day? Mm-hmm. Um, usually at least 22 ounces, which will be the equivalent of two cans. Okay. And you drink that every day? A few days go by that I do not have a Mountain Dew. Okay. And do you drink other types of caffeine? Mm-mm. Because I don't drink coffee or anything like that. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. So here's my challenge to you, Miss Lisa. Here's my challenge to you. Because of what we read um, regarding Mountain Dew, Mm-hmm. And because of also, it goes. You know, we, we talked about our our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that block us that we don't know nothing about. Okay, mm-hmm. and so and being the <clears throat> the history. Mm-hmm. Okay. My challenge to you is for this week, this week alone, is to leave. And I'm going to go into the challenge with you because I like coffee. I do. And, and every day I go to Dunkin' Donuts and I get the 99 cent coffee because it's good. And there's a lot of sugar and everything in it. But I like it because, anyway, that's not, not important. But I'll go in this with you with, with my coffee if you're willing to take this challenge, okay? Um, but I want you to try to fast from Mountain Dew. Oh, Lord. And the same things that you have been praying to God for regarding your business, regarding your teaching, regarding your next steps. And just like what I was saying with Pam, be specific in your request, your request, excuse me, or signs. And again, like Pam said, not praying them where the enemy can understand it, but praying it so that it's between only you and God. Mm-hmm. And asking for signs to make sure that all of your choices are the correct choices. Okay. And I believe that with this exercise, with this, with this, um, you will receive the answers that you're looking for. Because we, you know, as I after I read that and brought back to my memory is. There are so many different things associated, not just with the other um, 
not just with the chemicals, but with the sugar itself is a is a trigger for our mindset mm-hmm. as well. So if you have something chemically that's charging you plus the sugar plus everything else, what hindrances are we doing when we're hearing from God? So, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of the really spiritual people, like they're all natural. Like they have everything, is no sugar, everything is water, juice, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it too much. But when, when they are all in for God, their, their answers, when they speak of what God told them, there's no what if, there's no, there's no doubt. They know for sure that this is what thus saith the Lord. Okay. And so that's my challenge. And if you take it up, let me know, and I'm on board. And we'll do the whole, you know, the whole line. And so, Lord, I come for Lisa right now that um, as we go through, um, as she goes through each and everything that you have told her to do, oh, Lord, that as you place before her um, the different goals, oh God, that you give her the strength, the knowledge, the wisdom, and understanding to go through each and everything so that it can be completed exactly as you need it to be completed. And you give her the energy and the the know-how to do all that you have set in her hands to do for her good and for your glory. For her, for your glory and for her good. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, I accept. All right. Now, how long is this okay. fast for? Huh? How long is the fast for? Um, how long will you be doing it? Till, till Monday. Seven oh. days for a week. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh God, that's all right. That's all. Ooh, that's all. That's all right. That's, and okay, you have tea, you have juice, you have water. Yay. You can have anything else. Just not the Mountain Dew. That's really exciting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you because again, I mean, I tell you, I love my coffee, you know. Mm. But, uh, mm. <laughs> so we can, you can, you can, you can text me fussing, I'll text you fussing, and and yeah. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Um, anyone else would like prayer? It's just us on the call right now. All right. Then if one of you ladies would like to close us out. Mm. I can do it. Unless you want me to do it, Pam. Mm. Go ahead. I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Heavenly Father, this morning, and we would just like to thank you for the presence of mind to get on the line to learn about your word. We would like to thank you for once again giving Felicia the foresight 
um, and the wisdom and the knowledge to share with us on this line. And we just like to thank you for the opportunity for the mind of itself in and of itself that we have a vehicle by which we can come together and have these types of sessions without actually having to be right in the same room with one another, which is truly amazing. Um, I would like to just ask for you to to bind us close together as we go forward and we do these things through prayer shifting ministries. I just I just want you to just keep us close and bind us together. Um, give us the same presence of mind to continue to do the work. We know that each and every one of us are unique, and we may have different things that we contribute and different strengths, different past experiences that make us stronger in different areas, but in general, just the presence of mind to just keep going forward. We just like to ask you to bless the word that has gone out today so that it hits each of us in whatever way it is that it should should hit us so that we can do what it is that we need to do with it. We ask that you continue to bless the line, you continue to bless all of the families represented here, and also those individuals who would like to be on the line but for whatever reason were unable to do so. And um, I'd just like to ask you just to continue to bless this ministry, that it grows and that it, it touches lives and that positive and good things happen as a result, and you just continue to move and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You ladies have a blessed day. You guys have been a blessing to me. I thank you guys for being here, and I thank Lisa for inviting me to the time.